I want to talk to you today about intelligence. Um, we live in a society where we've been raised to think that great grades, um, you know, a high profile degree, a first in a degree and so on uh, is a measure of intelligence. And the ultimate indicator of that intelligence is when somebody holds down a job such as being a lawyer or a doctor or, um, or an engineer or even a scientist. Um, that that is considered uh, a very um, intelligent vocation or somebody that uh, has a sign of intelligence, uh, basically. But as far as I'm concerned, and as far as even Islam is concerned, um, IQ is really is not a measure of intelligence. Um, this whole thing about the IQ is actually a very deliberate thing. Um, it's a continuation of the focus of um, anything being a measure of intelligence or, or, or somebody being wise is somebody that does a good, really good job of being able to use their brain. So somebody who can memorize all the registration plates of all the cars on the street uh, is supposed to be somebody that's intelligent because they have a really good memory. Or somebody who can spend two nights cramming everything and throwing that into... Uh, you know, just effectively, uh, for want of a better term, vomiting that out onto an exam paper is, is considered somebody that's really intelligent. But if that is the way that we're going to go where intelligence is concerned, then surely elephants are a lot more intelligent than we are. Um, I mean, if you, there's an actual example, I think there's an actual YouTube video somewhere where um, there's some guy who fed some elephants, I think it was uh, five or six elephants that came together um, and this guy fed them or something like that in his backyard and and um, it was on a particular date, let's say for argument's sake, the 1st of June um, and then they disappeared and they came back at the exact date and the exact time a year later uh, looking for this guy but he'd passed away by this point but they remembered him and all of them remembered him I mean, if if that's so, if that's the way that we're going to do this, then then really elephants are a lot more intelligent than us. But this problem uh, arises, or or this idea of um, the IQ being, you know, the measure of intelligence, it arises from this idea that that the brain is the most important thing. And that's not really Islam's position. Um, where, um, you know, the, the way that, the reason why the brain has been given uh, greater importance is because it's it's underpinned by Western philosophy. In Western philosophy, what that did was it made the uh, it made the human being at the center of of the discovery of truth. That the human being, if the human being is exposed to something, not sorry, not is exposed to something. If the human being uh, um, expresses something as the truth, therefore that that is something that is true. So if I say that, um, uh, you know, if if I if I drop this bottle of water and it drops and I say, well, I, I've seen that as an experience. So every single time I do this, I that I know that this to be true, that this will work. And that's considered the sign of intelligence. But this is uh, underpinned by Western philosophy, the Aristotles and the Socrates and, and, and these kind of people and Plato and so on. I don't remember which order in which they came. But I think Socrates uh, originated this. And then I think it was Plato and then so on and so on. I don't remember which way around it was. But you are the maker of truth that you say that um, if I haven't seen God, then God doesn't exist. If I haven't seen the Statue of Liberty, then it doesn't exist. 
you are the maker of it. You say, I, I only see something as true as if I've observed it. But that put the brain at the forefront of, uh, uh, of everything. Is that if, if my brain experiences something, then only then is it true. And it goes against the idea that if I feel something, it doesn't necessarily uh, mean that that uh, is something that's true. Or if I, if I just have an intuition about something, that's not necessarily true. But that was never uh, the Islamic position. First of all, it was never the Islamic position. It was never the position of uh, humankind altogether. Humankind always saw man as a locust of being to which the truth was exposed. So you you discover the truth when as it as it is revealed to you. So if you're if you're a non-Muslim, it was as if you know if God uh, revealed it to you or the universe revealed it to you. But if you were a Muslim, it was an if Allah revealed the truth to you, then uh, you discovered it. So that's what that's what truth meant. Um, but that was something that you would be discovered by your heart, right? It, we. Everything that we see right now is only our perception. This reality of, of the world around us, you seeing me on the screen right now, or you listen to this voice, it's something that your brain is computing. So you see that as the truth, but that's not necessarily the truth. If a fly was sat here right now and saw this, first of all, the way my eyes are blinking right now, they would be blinking a lot more slower. Um, uh, the, uh, the fly sees things in something like 120 frames a second, then converted to like 30 frames a second. So it's a much slower motion. Um, every my hand would be much blurrier. Um, you know, I, I might even be black and white in some cases. There might be some infrared signals. If a, if a bat was seeing me right now, he'd only be seeing radar signals, sonar detection. He wouldn't see me in color. So then, between those three beings, between the fly, the bat, and me, what is the actual truth? Then, what is the actual objective truth? We don't know. Uh, this is just our perception of reality. The actual truth is what Allah says is the truth, and Allah has already said in the Quran Sheikh that this, this, this world is just a cover, it's an illusion. And it is an illusion, and it's an illusion that is constructed by our brains. Because it's what I perceive, I see color, and I see, and I process, you know, I see color, and I process sound, and, and I feel things, and I touch things, but all of this is being processed by my brain. The brain is a computer, it's processing information, okay? But this was then, uh, by the Western philosophers, was then put at the height. This was then given um, the ultimate importance, and therefore something like the uh, the the intelligence quotient test or the 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 IQ test uh, is basically measuring how capable your brain is. That's what it's doing. It's not doing anything else, um, and but that is unfortunately really misleading because the. The world that we have now entered, because science, most of modern science is based on Western philosophy, the world that we've now entered is that, okay, we have the brain, which is a conscious mind, but then we have this unconscious or subconscious mind. But it's this unknown entity. Nobody knows what this is. People say, oh, well, you know, if you do this, if you have affirmations or you do this, this and this, then your unconscious mind will react in this way. Or if you do this, this and this, then the subconscious mind, because, you know, in some parts of the world, people call it subconscious, some parts of the world, people call it the unconscious. And then people say, well, um, uh, we believe that the un unconscious or the subconscious mind will react in this way. But it's an unknown entity. Nobody really knows what the subconscious mind is. If you ask a scientist, and the scientist still doesn't know how the subconscious mind works. I think they say that, you know, the scientists have understood something like 10 or 15% of how the brain works. But they don't know that if you were to say, well, where, what part of the brain is the subconscious mind in? They're like, well, we're not really sure. They don't really know where it, where it actually is um, because because it's not really there. That's the that's the point. But they're looking for it and they can't find it. They're, they don't know how 
uh, thoughts are formed, they don't know how feelings are formed, they don't know how, why is it that people really fall in love. They can <coughs> explain uh, certain activities in the brain when somebody falls in love or when somebody uh, feels a particular way. When a, when a mother loves a child, for example, they can, they can explain the neurons that are fi fi flying, but, you know, sorry, firing, but they don't know why this is happening. They can come up with a, uh, um, a hypothesis, but nobody really knows. But all of these problems are because the brain is part of the forefront. And the IQ test is uh, is further leading in, you into that false econo economy that the brain is the most important thing. But what happens as a result of this is that we we learn not to understand our subconscious or our unconscious mind. And that creates a huge amount of problems because what happens as a result of that is that we have behaviors of our own that we don't understand. We don't understand that, uh, you know, okay, I keep uh, uh, getting into partnerships with people and I keep getting double-crossed or I keep getting let down or I, I keep uh, um, uh, getting into relationships like dating relationships or romantic relationships and I keep getting my heart broken or I keep getting cheated on uh, or um, I keep getting into a difficult position or... Uh, I get into a partnership and I keep I keep exhibiting the same patterns or, um, you know, I, I keep making friends and I keep having the same problems with my friends. I keep having friends that keep upsetting me or uh, uh, annoying me or, or whatever it is or humiliating me or I keep getting into jobs where I keep ending up in the same patterns, right? Because these uh, patterns, and, and that is exactly what they are, these are driven uh, by the unconscious or by the subconscious. But we can't recognize it. We don't understand what that what that is. And this is the point. The world before Western philosophy was uh, a world that, that didn't talk about the subconscious and the unconscious mind. It talked about the heart. And it talked about the heart being the primary driver of, of human behavior. Okay? Um, and this is what Allah Ta'ala refers to as akal. Your akal is actually in your heart. And your akal is when you, when you recognize it. So we have... People who have an IQ of 120 or 150 or 170, and as my sheikh says, they have an uncle of zero, meaning they, these are people that don't recognize their own heart. Like they keep getting themselves into the same pattern. You have somebody who has an IQ of 120 or 150, but keeps getting married and keeps getting divorced, keeps getting married, keeps getting divorced. This is somebody that has an IQ a very high IQ, IQ of 120, 150, but has an uncle of zero because they don't understand their own heart and they don't understand their own patterns that are driving them into that, that behavior. That's not a sign of intelligence. Unfortunately, and I know this sounds very crude, but that is, that is somebody that's a donkey, basically, because this is, somebody, this, is, this is the kind of behavior you expect from an animal. And yes, animals are pretty intelligent beings, but they, they don't understand their own heart, so they can keep making the same mistakes over and again, over and over again. You know, it's a dog that keeps chasing in tail, a tail that keeps thinking it's going to catch it. And then it bites the tail and doesn't understand why it's in pain. It's the same person that goes and does something, you know, goes and puts something on, on, on Instagram, gets hassled, ends up having marriage problems and, and, and th thinks to themselves, I don't understand why God is punishing me. They don't understand the pain they're experiencing, even though they, they created that pain themselves. Right. Or somebody who spends a lot of money on a wedding right? And it's full of, uh, there's no barakah in this wedding. It's full of, uh, um, uh, you know, drama and, and, and pain and all this kind of stuff. And then the, and the marriage gets into trouble and there's all this drama that attracts all of it. And they lose all this money. And there's somebody that doesn't understand why that whole thing turned into a nightmare. They just don't get it because they don't understand their own heart. So they don't understand uh, 
where where they've made those decisions that have led them to this problem. They don't understand where they've made those those decisions that have created the reality that they are that are living right now. The reality that we live at any moment in time is a series of decisions that we've made. That's what's going on. But those decisions are made in your heart. They're not made in your brain. The brain is just a processor. It just processes sight, sound, uh, you know, moves the limbs and these kind of things. But that's all about it does. All of this uh, behavior that we exhibit, the kind of people that we are, the personality that we have, the way we feel about things, the, the patterns that we exhibit, and the reality that we create and the life that we create and, and the way that we tap into abundance and the way that we kind of, you know, uh, uh, move, uh, are attracted to things or rejected from things is all driven by the heart. And you can actually change that. You can actually learn to manage your heart. There is a whole science of the heart. That, and I, I believe that's really what the Sawwuf is. Um, but you don't quote me on that. This is still something that I'm learning. But you can learn to actually uh, change that. You can learn to change the way you feel about something. You know, I was somebody that used to really feel like the money was the root of all evil, but now I kind of feel like, okay, it was a major driver of abundance. I was somebody that had a huge amount of social anxiety, like a painful amount of social anxiety. And now I'm somebody that's, that hardly has any social anxiety at all uh, because I, I've learned to, to understand what is it that's driving my behaviors. It's a behavior at the end of the day because your emotions are, are linked to your thoughts and your thoughts are linked to the decisions that you've made, the beliefs that you have. Right. If somebody says to you, uh, you know, in that room over there, there's a there's a 12 foot python in there that's been locked up for the last five years. And then you say, um, you know, you, and then you say, well, somebody comes to you the next day and says, actually, the python's been let loose and the door and you see the door open. You're going to freak. You're going to go, go. You're going to start to sweat and all this kind of uh, uh, all of stuff. But at the end of the day. Uh, it, you, you know, that's something because you've believed that you've, you've, you've made this decision that there is a, there's a Python in there and the Python might not actually be in there. But somebody's told you that and you've believed it. It's a decision you've made. But if you change that decision, if you discover that actually there was no Python in there ever, your emotions calm down. You're no longer freaking out. Right. So this is what it actually is. Now, at the end of the day, what we have is. We have people that are uh, are, are being ranked uh, on their IQ, and these are people that are being ranked as, as a sign of intelligence. I remember an actual story, and I, there's loads of stories like this. There's an actual person uh, that I know of, and I'm not going to mention any names, who was, um, uh, he did really well in exams, in all his law exams, he did really well in his law degree, ended up becoming a lawyer, and was making a lot of money. But this guy was uh, cheating on his wife, he was a Muslim. He was cheating on his wife. Um, he was. He had horrible social skills, right? Um, and he was sleeping around. He was doing all manner of horrible, disgusting stuff. Now, if this is somebody that doesn't recognize that this is causing the destruction of my afterlife, is that somebody that's very intelligent? I don't think so. Just because they, 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 they've done well in the exams, I don't think this is somebody that's particularly intelligent. If, uh, you know, you have somebody that says, well... Um, yeah, you know, it, it, it is, uh, uh, has made a lot of money and they recognize that riba is, is haram, but they're still working in a bank. Is that somebody that's intelligent? I don't think so. If there's somebody, you know, there's been a lot of this conversation right now. There's so many people, and this is not to offend the Americans that are watching. There's so many people that think America is still a superpower that's leading the world, which unfortunately it isn't. It's about to collapse and crash like so bad. The whole of the Western world is about to crash. But if somebody cannot see that, 
Is that something that's particularly intelligent? I don't think so. And the reason why they can't see these things is because they're blinded. Because you can hit a point of fear. Because your heart takes over. You can have somebody that's so intelligent that can work out. Well, uh, you know, um, uh, if, if you want to jump from here to here, these are the moves that you need to make. But they can't do it. Because they have fear. That's blinding them. That's taking over. The emotions are taking over. It's because the heart's taking over. The driver of human behavior is the heart. It's not the brain. And that's what, it's somebody who can understand their heart and learn to manage their heart, that's somebody who's considered intelligent. That's somebody that's considered somebody that has akal. And somebody who can recognize, am I nearing myself towards Allah Ta'ala or am I taking myself away to, from Allah Ta'ala? That is somebody that's intelligent. If you've got a guy who's in the masjid, masjid and this is a true story, somebody who's in the masjid who's getting up ready for prayer, right? And there's a little uh, child that's starting to cry in the corner. And, the, and the, this guy has a go at the child's father saying, shut your kid up because I'm trying to pray. Is that somebody that's intelligent? Somebody who lacks mercy and doesn't understand he's actually uh, buying himself uh, more, into, uh, uh, you know, more into hellfire by doing that, by having a lack of mercy. Then is that somebody that's intelligent just because he's in the masjid and, and, and has come to pray? It's not really a sign of intelligence. We had the Khawarij that were doing stuff like this. You know, they, they, they were increased, uh, they had increased their ritualistic worship, their prayer and um, the way that they chose to dress and, and the dhikr and all this kind of stuff, but they had no mercy in their hearts. They didn't understand their own hearts. Is that somebody that's intelligent? No, it isn't. There's not a sign of intelligence. Rasulullah said that, you know, somebody who's intelligent, somebody that thinks of death, somebody that's close to death, it means you, you, you understand your akhirah. And you understand that the, you're not focusing on the forms, but you're actually focusing on the meanings. The forms is the, the outwardly stuff. That, okay, here's a guy who's a lawyer, who's really, quote-unquote, very successful. So you assess that person on the outward. But assess that person on now on the inward. This person is, is, uh, 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 has infidelity. This person is an adulterer. This person has no mercy, right? This person is there. This person's heart is veiled. Okay, so that's, that's not somebody that's intelligent. You, so you focus on the meanings, you understand. Somebody that's intelligent is somebody that focuses on the meanings, understands the meaning of the event, right? When, uh, and I don't want to get all conspiracy theory and all Dajjalic and all the Mahdi and everything about this, but somebody that understands that when Dajjal comes, you know, when Dajjal says, that go this way because I, I am your mercy and this is, you know, this is water and you recognize that Allah says that uh, you've got to understand the meaning of this, that water isn't actually water, it's fire. And where you see fire and you recognize that that fire isn't actually fire, it's actually water. That's somebody that's intelligent because they understand the meanings, they're not focusing on the forms. This is what's being taught to us by this, that focus on the meanings. What is the meaning of something? What is the meaning of working from nine to five every single day? You know, and this is what really annoys me about the people that keep Keep defending this idea of working really hard. Well, all the entrepreneurs made a, uh, all, all of the entrepreneurs that are, are successful, they worked really hard. Well, but they sacrificed their health. They sacrificed their family life. They ruined their family life. They haven't spent time with their children. They haven't done their ibadah. How is that somebody that is intelligent? Just because they're outwardly successful. What is the meaning of all of this? Understand the meanings. Just because the BBC or the CNN is telling you the, the economy is doing really, really well, but yet your next door neighbor is being evicted. What's the meaning all of all of this? Don't focus on the forms, focus on the meanings. That's what we have to understand from all of this, right? Like this is what we've actually got to uh, get to. And there's, a, there's something that Sheikh Darqawi said, which was really poignant. He said that, you know, um, 
the the people they don't recognize their affliction and the affliction uh, the affliction doesn't recognize them and that the veil is their punishment as somebody who keeps exhibiting the same patterns like a donkey over and over again their their heart is veiled so they can't see they can't see uh, where they're making bad patterns and that's a punishment from Allah Ta'ala you know this is corroborated with the uh, uh, with the Quran Sharif uh, the, in in the Quran Allah Ta'ala talks so much about the heart being sealed and all these kind of things. Your heart is sealed. Somebody who keeps talking about how he knows that riba is uh, uh, is haram and somebody knows that, that entrepreneurship is the right thing uh, and all this kind of stuff, but they go back to working in a bank and they go back to wage slavery and they go back to all these things. That's not somebody that's intelligent just because they've got a first in a, in a chemical degree or whatever. It's not a sign of intelligence if, you, if you've got somebody that's telling you that you should, uh, uh, you know, if you want to do well in life, you should go and get a job, uh, do a nine to five and... Uh, and uh, get into wage slavery and all of that. It's not a sign of intelligence. Because these people are focusing on the outward forms, not focusing on the meanings. That's the fact of the matter here. And that this is what we've got to understand, that the heart is what matters. Nothing else. That's where your akal is. It's not how well you can memorize something. It's not how well you can uh, uh, process some information. You know, there's so many people out there that can get, they can be really skilled at something. And that's great. They've done a really good job of using their brain, but how good a job have they done in understanding their heart and using it? That's what matters. That's intelligence. And that's a, a lifelong uh, process. You can actually get more and more intelligent over time the more you start to understand your heart. Like, I feel so grateful that I've started to understand things that I didn't understand five years ago because I was enslaved to my nafs. Like, if you're somebody that's enslaved to their nafs, that's what is meant by somebody that, that's heart is veiled. Somebody who can go to sleep, you know, they, they, they drink coffee all night, all night till five in the morning. They're smoking 20 cigarettes a day. They're, uh, um, they're out and, and, and eating so much food and, and they go to sleep at five in the morning and then they have to get up at seven o'clock and they're late and they don't understand why they're in trouble or they don't, or they start to feel sick because their, you know, their stomach has started to, the, the gut bacteria has started to play up and the, the blood has gotten acidic and, and they're starting to feel nauseous and they just, don't understand why they can't function and they have no understanding of how they've ended up in this position and they think they're being punished. That's somebody that's a donkey. That's somebody that doesn't, is, is, their heart is veiled and it, that is a punishment for this person because they can't understand it. Because they're enslaved to their nurse, because their nurse has told them just, you know, have a good time, eat your good food um, and, and, and enjoy the cigarettes and enjoy the, the coffee and they, they're rationalizing this because, well, it's halal. It's halal, so it's okay. Yeah, it is halal, but you, you don't understand the patterns that are getting you into trouble. You know, Imam Ali said that your sickness is, is from within you. He said it. And he said that the, all the answers are from within you. If only you understood. There's a whole cosmos inside of you. So you've got to, you've got to start turning inward and start understanding this. And you can keep growing. The, the, the more you reduce your nafs and the more you expand your heart, the more intelligent you get. And, I, and I, you know, I used to be so enslaved to my nafs. And obviously, with, you know, with, there's so much to learn about. This is a whole science in itself. And I used to keep getting into partnerships and I used to keep getting, uh, uh, keep taking on clients. I used to keep giving me trouble until I recognized that, wait a minute, I'm getting myself into this mess every single time. Because my, my nafs was full of need and I was allowing them to, to abuse me by abusing my nafs. That's the mistake that I was making. You know, this is, this is what's going on. And, and unfortunately, the whole world is, uh, is focused on, 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 on IQ. And um, 
that that's what we need to deal with basically anyway look there's a lot of comments that are coming through so i'm going to start answering these questions because you guys are going to feel like uh i'm just ignoring you so i'm going to go through these questions one by one and i really appreciate the uh, uh the participation it's just i prefer to answer the questions at the end okay so from paris winter hello paris my lovely friend okay I'm glad that you mentioned the hierarchical, hierarch, I can't say this word, hierarchical narrative that places humans at the top. Total anthropocentrism. Really great that you remarked on the ways that different animals perceive the world comparatively, that their perception of time or sight is totally different than, our, than ours. I heard that too, and that the slower time thing may have something to do with the gravitational pull on their smaller bodies. Yeah, like there's a different uh, perception of truth, right? Like there's, there's different things uh, that they can do. And we have so much to learn from animals. We have so much to learn from, from birds and, and crows and elephants. And there's so much beauty in all of that. And that can teach us something. But we have this hubris. Like this is the most important thing, right? And I know, look, I know there's some atheists that are watching this. But this is how I feel about it. And this is, this is Islam's position that if somebody is so, so advanced, such an amazing scientist, I'm not going to mention any names, but somebody that's so amazing scientist, but they can't recognize God. Is that really a sign of intelligence? Are you really intelligent if you can't recognize God, that you can't recognize that this world is being created? I don't know. You know, it's something to think about. Um, and, and animals, have such, they do such amazing things. There's so much to, uh, to teach us out of all of that. And at the end of the day, it's just hubris. Is what it is. It's actually arrogance. Somebody that is arrogant is not intelligent. Um, next question from Binish Atik. You mean the subconscious mind doesn't exist? Well, look, the, what I'm saying is that the, the Western world talks about the subconscious being something that's in your brain. And they talk about uh, the minds that, that, us, that the, the, the human, uh, human's intelligence is formed of the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Right. But the Islamic position is that the, the human consists of the human's intelligence consists of the brain and the heart. So if you wanted to talk about the subconscious, you could effectively talk about your heart being the subconscious. But there's a difference. But the Western world has completely ignored the heart, that the heart has any cognitive uh, ability, has completely ignored that, doesn't want doesn't to really speak about that. But it's actually now been proven that their heart actually has uh, cognitive ability. But people have known this for thousands of years. This is something that has actually been reversed. You know, we even have the hubris to think that as civilization goes on and as we, quote unquote, evolve more and more, that we are the, uh, now the most intelligent beings on earth. But that's just arrogant. How, how can you say that? How can you concretely say that? You know, we, if you go back thousands of years, especially where if we look at Rasulullah uh, being Muslims, if he, this, is the, this is the person that is most loved by Allah Ta'ala. And he was unlettered. He is the unlettered prophet. Then, that, then what does that tell you about who is the most intelligent person? Rasulullah was the most intelligent person. This is why he created a, 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 an empire that took over the world. This is why he created a, a, we, we had a whole ummah that still loves him to this day. He's been gone for thousands of years. And still he's, he's being revered after all this time. That's a, a, an intelligent man, but he was unlettered. He didn't have a degree. He didn't know how to read and write. So how can you say that somebody who has a degree is the most intelligent person? And, you know, it, it, just, it just makes me so sad. I see, especially in, in the Indo-Pak uh, culture and, and some African cultures, it just, makes me, it just upsets me so much that there's so many kids, so many children that constantly get 
disciplined. Well, you know, uh, uh, if you had a degree, then you would uh, uh, you wouldn't get up into this mess in the first place. If you had a degree, you would be considered you'd have status in society. If you had a degree, um, <coughs> excuse me, you wouldn't have these problems. That's so wrong, because a degree isn't going to civilize you. I'm sorry, it isn't. It's not going to do anything like that. What's gonna What's gonna make you an intelligent being and make you civilized is when you understand your heart, when you develop your uncle, when you're not enslaved to your nafs. That's what's gonna civilize you. The most noble beings, uh, the most noble person was Rasul and the most noble beings were people that were around him. They didn't have degrees. They didn't have a computer science degree or a doctor's degree or a diploma or any of that kind of thing. Are you now saying that these people were tribalistic or backwards? They had the best of manners. They were the most noble people, and we're nothing like them. So if you want to go back to that nobility, you've got to go back uh, to Tasawwuf. You've got to go back to understanding your heart. You've got to go back to Dhikr. You can't go back to, okay, well, let's just read more books and uh, uh, let's just memorize more things and let's just do more degrees and get a PhD. PhDs make me sick. I Honestly, they genuinely make me really, really sick. And I know there might be some PhDs watching this, but I, but I, but I get a really real whiff of, of just... I don't even want to say it's just it's just horrible because you know there's this thing in uh, w when you're in PhDs that you what you're measured on is how many words your thesis has so uh, you know uh, if your dissertation has like ten thousand words that's better than if it has two thousand words so what you're saying 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 to me is if I make uh, my if I make what I'm saying more complicated then that's better how is that better if I can't understand what you're saying how is that better. If it's simple, the simpler you make it for me, the more I'm gonna, the more the rest of the world's gonna understand it. The more they can do something with it. That's what matters. But like the whole PhD world is is like centered on just making things more and more complex. It just you know, for want of a better term, and forgive me for saying this, it's just intellectual masturbation is all it is. How is that a good thing? Like, where are the actual results? How many PhDs do we have? That are you? What? How many academics do we have? Where are the actual results that you're creating? Go back to your intuition. Focus on the intuition. That's the heart, and it's it's very much misunderstood. But that's what we need to focus on. Anyway, more questions. Uh, we have some th thumbs up. We have balances beauty. I agree. Uh, halal meaning that the coffee beans were killed humanely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the coffee beans were killed humanely. Yes, that's what halal means. Yes, actually, halal actually means a lot more than that. Halal means, um, unfortunately, halal has, has become something that uh, just when it comes to food, halal means what is permissible and haram means what is not permissible. So halal even concerns things like um, what is it permissible for you to do? Like for us, uh, um, uh, riba, or which can is not really translated as interest, but it's actually translated as usury. Usury for us is haram, as in it's not permissible. It's not halal. Halal means permissible, so it's not actually just related to uh, coffee beans and things. Uh, it's much more than that. But that was funny. Uh, the God Spot by Aisha Yusuf, a, sev a severed bond with Allah that's been systematically unnourished, is similar to an unused muscle. Uh, yes. This is it. This is it. We've not, and um, you know, uh, John Taylor Gatto, uh, who just passed away recently, which makes me really, really sad. He was a lovely, lovely human being, such an amazing gentleman. Um, he wrote this book called "The um, uh, Dumbing Us Down," and he wrote other books called "Weapons of Mass Instruction." And the key, the 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 the, the crux of his argument is that what the schools do is they sever the connection 
uh, for the child between the mind um, and and his intuition. That's what they do. They just break it. Like that's what's going on. The, the school is a factory that breaks the connection between the brain uh, and the heart. Like it just makes it just breaks you away from your heart. This is psychological abuse. And yet we are proud of our children that are going to the private schools and going to the schools and you know going to degrees. And and like you have people that go like. They get there are movies that are being made by this. There are uh, about this. There are people who go, uh, people who work sixty hours a week trying to get their children into the best schools and into the best. You know, like my son's going to this school and uh, he's doing this, and they and they force their kids to do all the homework and all this kind of stuff, and they don't understand. They're just running their child through psychological abuse. If one day Allah Taala blesses me with children, the, I would consider myself a complete failure if I sent my child to school. I would consider that psychological abuse. I love, if I want to love my child so much, the best thing that I can do for them is not to send them to school. Is not to send them somewhere where the where the the connection between their heart is severed. Children grow. Children are born very very intuitive. They're very in tune uh, with their intuition. Very much in tune with their heart. I actually had a a four year old girl that came uh, to visit us with her uncle uh, on Friday, and it was just such a joy to watch how much she was in tune with her heart. That she was just so free. She was just having so much fun. She, you know, she could just pick up things up really well. And she was just in tune with everything. That's intelligence. Children are very, very intelligent. And as that person's going to get older and older, she's going to be put into school and she's going to break the connection with her heart. She's going to lose her intelligence because she's going to learn to be pushed more and more into her brain. And the thing is, the more you get pushed into your brain, the more you misunderstand your heart, the more your anxiety increases. Right, and this manifests. You, you know, I, I, I know people that you go to a wedding, and there'll be people that you'll meet somebody, and the only conversation that they can have is a conversation about their work or about cars or something. They can't have any other conversation because they have so much anxiety. That's the only world that they understand. They can't talk about anything else, right? So they have a huge amount of anxiety. So they will avoid going to weddings. They or if they do go to a wedding, a wedding, they'll only hang around with the people that they know already at the wedding. They can't meet anybody new. And they experience so much anxiety about it because they can't deal with it. Because the more you get pushed into your head, the more uh, anxiety you experience. The more you're inside your your brain, right? The more you're disconnected from your heart, the more anxiety you have. That's how this works. There's somebody who has a huge amount of social anxiety, and this is not to insult anyone, and this is not to pick on anyone. The more um, social anxiety somebody has, right? The more it's a sign, the more they're in their brain. The more they're disconnected from their heart, and you and you can fix that. It's not difficult to fix. I've been through this myself. It's been a wonderful experience. I had a huge amount of social anxiety on my uh, engagement. My heart rate went through the roof. It was like it topped like 120 uh, um, uh, heart rate. But it took me a long time to understand that this is something that was in my control. But I could keep chasing the 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 IQ approach all day long and not not get anywhere all day long. Nothing's going to happen. And, and these are things that are easy to fix, but the, the science of the heart has been completely buried, completely lost, completely uh, done away with. And everything that we focus on now is just the brain. You know, I see people that are so intelligent that just don't understand simple things. And they have the hubris to defend their argument as well. That's the worst. Because these are people that are veiled. Uh, the question is, uh, which books? So the, the book by John Gatto that I recommend that you start with is a book called Dumbing Us Down. By John Telegato. It's, it's a collection of his speeches. It's beautifully written. It's very well written. Uh, it's very easy to read. It's very engaging. It's very, it's, 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 uh, 
it really touches the heart is what I would say about this book. It really, really touches the heart. Um, it's a wonderful book. It's it's one of my top, top five books, I would say. It's such a great book. I really enjoyed reading that. And it only takes two or three chapters to, for, for him to get to the point, to the crux of his argument. And the rest of them are, are, are really just a, a repetition or, or additional dimensions of the same argument. Um, you don't even have to finish that book, um, you know, if you don't have time. But the first few chapters will get to the point, really. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, it's a wonderful book uh, that that highlights the argument so wonderfully. Um, but you know, we have uh, people out there that that keep exhibiting the same patterns, and um, they, they just don't understand themselves. We have a huge IQ and a knuckle of zero, unfortunately. Any more questions? Uh, any other comments? Please shoot them right now before I leave. Um, I, I'm really kind of uh, dying for a hot chocolate at the moment. But uh, shoot them across. I'll wait for half a minute and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disappear. I would encourage you to share this with anybody you know who has social anxiety, anybody you know who has panic attacks, anybody you know who keeps using, that keeps exhibiting the same patterns over and over, um, somebody who prides themselves uh, on uh, on having a high IQ, send this to everyone. Everybody needs to hear this. All right, well, there don't seem to be any more questions uh, or any more comments. Um, and I hope I haven't offended anybody's sensibilities because that wasn't really the intention, but this point had to be made. Um, and uh, that's it. Have a lovely Friday. Oh, any tips on dealing with rumination? What do you mean by uh, rumination? Do you mean like contemplation? Um, I'm assuming you mean like uh, just learning to contemplate. Uh, what I would say is um, um, I've got another talk called The Power of Spiritual Healing. There's a podcast episode on that. Uh, you can find it. It's called Hadi Story, in fact, uh, uh, on this podcast. So if, you, if you look for the Billion Dollar Muslim podcast on iTunes, or on SoundCloud and look for the episode that's called Hadi Story. The same thing is actually also available on YouTube as well. Have a listen to that. There's a vicar in there that you can follow, which, which is a thing that will start getting you out of your head and into your heart. And when I started doing this, I'm telling you, my last, my life started to change very, very quickly. Um, that's what I would recommend. Uh, there's also things that you can do, like the forgiveness exercise, which is really powerful. Um, uh, and, you know, it really helps to kind of just disconnect from social media and just to kind of just close your eyes and just just kind of try, try and get closer to Allah Ta'ala, really, uh, and to, to get um, get away from the nafs. But but have a listen to that Hadi story. That's a really good one. Uh, it's about an hour long, I think. Uh, it was a special feature, but you'll find it in my list uh, on, on the podcast episode list. And um, I think that's it. I'll see you guys soon. Thank you for participating. Thank you for joining. And uh, we'll speak again soon. Take care, everyone. Asalaamu Alaikum.